0: This is this is not rocket science. Uh, this is right. now a full MAGA house. And whether it was exhaustion or a lack of courage or a lack of imagination, um, you know, you had the entire Republican Party basically now lining up behind a super uber Trumpy speaker, wow. which seems to be the story of the last seven years. Article one, section two of the Constitution itself expressly states that the sole power of impeachment belongs here to this House. And then Article 2, Section 4 says, listen to the language carefully. It's expressly written in the Constitution. This is not political talking points. We're not making this up. It says in Article 2, Section 4, that the president shall be removed from office on impeachment for and conviction of treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors. My friends, I just listed just a small sampling, just the tip of the iceberg of of the credible allegations and the mounting evidence that shows that Joseph Biden has engaged in bribery schemes, pay-to-play schemes. This is what the evidence shows. We have to follow it. We took an oath to uphold the Constitution. The Constitution requires this action. The inquiry is the appropriate step. We have no choice to pursue the facts wherever they lead, and we will leave
3: Welcome to the War Room. It's not Stephen K. Bannon, it's Natalie Winters hosting, filling in for the one and only. I'll be back in the 6 p.m. hour, but don't go anywhere. We've got a full lineup of wonderful guests. It is, of course, Thursday, October 26th in the year of our Lord, 2023. And I know I may not be that old, but I am old enough to remember when Kevin McCarthy used to be speaker. I'm also old enough to remember uh, the media Of course, the lobbyists freaking out about the fact that you guys, the Warren posse, helped to make what happened two days ago possible. That is Mike Johnson, Speaker of the House. It's a nice ring to that. Don't think I'm going to get tired of saying that for a bit. But I think maybe there was an article in Politico not too long ago, the uh, headline K Street scrambling to figure out who exactly this guy is. Well, maybe they should watch that second video we played in the cold. This is someone who actually wants to get to the bottom of impeaching Joe Biden, uncover all the evidence and not just use it as a political talking point like Kevin McCarthy and someone who I think knows and understands that very well and doesn't just want to impeach Joe Biden, but wants to impeach probably a lot of other people who are very well deserving of it, maybe Mayorkas would be number two contender. Uh, it was, of course, a good friend of the show, Congressman Matt Rosendale. Now, you saw in the beginning of that clip, uh, we had those MSNBC talking heads, of course, the founder of the Bulwark. What do you expect from him? Uh, freaking out over the new speaker. Uh, you got K Street, the lobbyists, of special interests, freaking out because he is what you call in you know, an unknown quantity, right? You don't know what he's going to do because he's not on their payroll. I'm just curious, your, your reactions, you know, is that a valid response? Do you think these people are right to be freaking out because he is
4: sort of an unknown
3: uh, quantity in their eyes?
4: Oh, absolutely. That, I mean, this explains or, or demonstrates it's on full display what just happened in Washington, D.C. Natalie, we started this process back in January uh, when we tried to keep Kevin from getting confirmed to be the speaker. And then as the year you know rolled on, all of the different things that happened where he was garnering more votes from Democrats to get his agenda passed, this spending, guess where that spending was going? That was going to all of these lobbyists. And I don't mean in the forms of fees where they could actually come in here and just just log hours for fees, and and that's how they were getting paid. This is going to the industries that they represent. And when they start seeing That that whole structure that they had built over the last many decades uh, becoming a subject to unraveling because now we're going to have someone at the helm who is not beholden to these lobbyists. All you have to do is look at Mike Johnson's background, where he came from, what he did before he came to Washington, and then look at his FEC report and see that he does not have the thousands and millions, quite frankly, of dollars in his coffer from the special interest groups and from the lobbyists here in Washington, D.C. And So yeah, they really are concerned. So the D.C. cartel was put on notice uh, the other evening when we nominated Mike Johnson. That's why we invited the press into the conference room and the exuberance and the enthusiasm that was shown by the Republican conference made it exceedingly clear that a new day had just dawned and, and the special interests were put on notice.
3: We know the cartel and these special interests love to sort of, I would say, weaponize the timeframe, weaponize the schedule so they push you guys up between you know, a rock and a hard place, a CR or an omnibus, whatever, a minibus, you name it. Um, but it seems like someone like Mike Johnson will hopefully allow you guys to kind of get off that bad habit, to kick it once and for all. But, you know, I'd love to sit and talk about how wonderful he is. And I'm sure we've been doing that on War Room a lot. But, you know, the path forward, as we always say, no days off. in the War Room got about I think, two weeks until this first CR expires What exactly are you guys working on now? I know you guys have passed some single-spending or single-subject appropriations bills. I know some are still outstanding. So what exactly is the path forward on that front?
4: So we passed energy and water literally about a half an hour ago. We just left the floor, so that's going to be ready to go over to the Senate. We already have the Department of Defense. Defense. We already have the state and foreign operations. The uh, Let me think state foreign operations, DOD. We have the uh, military construction and VA appropriations bill over there. I'm missing one. I can't remember. Oh, uh, uh, Department of Homeland Security. And so the remaining bills, now now we're down to seven uh, remaining bills that contain probably about $320 billion uh, worth of spending. The biggest thing that we can do is get those appropriation bills passed, and over to the Senate so that two things happen. One, they have the 12 individual bills to address the spending uh, that, that federal government requests. The second thing is it starts building that muscle memory back up. Since 1974, the Budget Act of 1974, they've only delivered on time these appropriation bills to, to fund government four times, Natalie. So we, we have to get back into the process. So right now, while everyone is already starting to look towards January, February, March of next year to get the next budget and to get the next appropriation bills done, we're, we're going to try and make sure that we get these uh, appropriation bills cranked out for this year. And, and I'm really pleased to see Mike uh, Johnson is, is focused on doing just that so that we look, we are not going to begin to rein in government. The spending, the weaponization—we're we're giving them more money so that they can uh, attack us more ruthlessly. That's what it boils down to. It's not just that the government has gotten more money and it has gotten bigger. It literally is—is is what they do with that, and, and they come after Americans. Whether you're a Catholic attending Latin mass or a, a concerned parent attending a board meeting for your your local uh, school board or whether it's the uh, gun store in Great Falls, Montana, that had 20 armed IRS agents come in there and and raid the place. It's not just how much we're spending, it's what they're doing with those funds, and, and that's why we have to rein this in.
3: So, looking down range, it seems like there probably is enough time. I know you guys have been working into the late hours of the night to pass some of these bills, which I have to say is, as a taxpayer, it's nice to see you guys finally actually working instead of taking your, your long weekends. Um, but do you think there is enough time before we run up against that 45 day mark? And if that does come and not everything's been passed or the Senate doesn't take it up, you know, what do you think is going to unfold either from a messaging perspective or just from the functioning of government? You know, what's the path from there?
4: So my recommendation is that we make sure absolutely, regardless of how much time it takes, okay, we stay here and are able to deliver those 12 appropriation bills to the Senate prior to the November 17th deadline. And then if they want to back that up, With a continued resolution, it would be my recommendation that you send a continued resolution over with a 1%, 2% true reduction in spending, not a reduction in the increases. And then you have the the appropriation bills and a CR over there, and and, and you tell the, the Senate, there you go, figure it out, figure it out. And if they try to send us an on the bus over, we just don't accept it. It's pretty simple.
3: And just curious, you know, I'll never forget the uh, tweet from former Speaker Kevin McCarthy. I don't think he's changed his Twitter handle yet. Maybe I'll have to to check in on that. But when he was listing his uh, priorities, you know, securing the U.S. border was number four out of five. Um, I'm just curious if under the new speaker, you've sort of felt a you know sea change in terms of what uh, the House's priorities are, at least in the Republican conference. But Uh, Also, specifically on that issue, you know, the tying together of the Ukraine aid to Israel, where do you guys stand on that? What do you think is going to unfold on that issue?
4: I do not believe that there is support in the House of Representatives in the Republican Conference to combine. Ukraine spending, Israel spending, border security spending, and uh, uh, disaster relief spending—all in one big supplemental. When the president came out and spoke about that uh, week and a half, two weeks ago, he—he he literally was struggling to get through the speech. I watched it, okay, and and I was I was embarrassed to see him ask the American people for $60 billion worth of additional spending in Ukraine and, and try to tie that somehow to the needs that we have right here in our country, both in Hawaii and on the Southern border. The only reason he wants to tie additional uh, spending uh, on the Southern border to this, to this supplemental is not to secure our Southern border. It's literally to build housing, and to provide a social network down there so that illegal immigrants have a place to stay instead of being shipped all over the country to the sanctuary cities. Because what he has discovered is even the folks that have sanctuary cities no longer can sustain the number of illegal aliens that are being brought into our country. And, and so do not confuse Spending on the southern border through this administration with securing our southern border, there's a tremendous difference. As we went through the conference and had all of these meetings over the last several weeks, I can tell you that we must rein our spending in. $33 trillion right now, national debt, accumulating an additional $3 trillion a year in five years will consume 50 percent of the annual revenue that our nation produces just each year just to to uh, pay the interest on that debt. We can't do that. There is absolutely no way we can do that. So that is a very big priority and securing our southern border. Those are the two top issues that that we are facing right now. The conference recognizes that. And, And so anything else is going to be way down the priority list.
3: Congressman, thank you so much for joining us. If only more of your colleagues, a thought like you. But if the War Room Posse, who I know agrees with me on that sentiment, wants to follow you, support you, do all those wonderful things, where can they go to make that happen?
4: Official side at Rep. Rosendale. We make it real easy. At Rep. Rosendale. that gets all the official side. If they want to go to the unofficial side, it is Matt, F-O-R, Montana.com.
3: Warren Posse, go there, check it out. And Congressman, thank you so much for joining us. And Warren Posse, hang with me. We still got some great guests coming up. We got Dr. Sebastian Gorka, Jenny Tayer, with really an explosive scoop from the southern border, no pun intended. You'll see why I say that. And of course, Dr. Noon, we will find all of the latest uh, with COVID vaccines, how they lied to you despite knowing that these vaccines had negative health side effects and complications they still mandated them it's almost like our own government is weaponizing against us but in the meantime you heard congressman rosendale say 33 trillion dollars in debt the interest payments are even more absurd That's why you got to go to birchgold.com slash bannon get the end of the dollar empire and the latest installment the fourth one definitely a must read written by Steve you'll learn more than I ever learned studying economics at the University of Chicago which maybe that used to hold more more clouds I'm not sure it does uh, much anymore if you look at what's going on at the college campuses across the country of Oren-Posse. we'll be right back after this break with Dr. Sebastian Gortz Again, getting into all things maybe a little speaker I think we might talk about what's going on in Maine with the shooter and the predictable playbook of more gun control we don't think so we'll be right back after this break
1: Last month, the G20 announced a plan to impose digital currencies and digital IDs on their respective populations. No, I'm not making that up. That is a fact. Central bank digital currencies essentially allow the government to track every purchase you make. They could even allow officials to prohibit you from purchasing certain products or easily freeze or seize part or all of your money. Let that sink in for a second. In essence, they enable the government to take more control over your personal finances. Concerned Americans are diversifying their assets into physical gold with the help of Birch Gold Group. If you want a physical asset held in a tax-sheltered retirement account, you should call Birch Gold 2. But learn for yourself. Text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898, and they'll send you a free info kit on gold. The easiest way to become a Birch Gold customer... If you have an IRA or 401k from a previous employer just gathering dust, Birch Gold can help you convert it into IRA into gold. And you don't pay a penny out of pocket. Let me repeat that. You don't pay a penny out of pocket. Text Bannon to 989898. Claim your free info kit on gold. Then call Birch. Because if digital currency becomes a reality, and trust me, they're on the path to make it so, it'll be nice. To have some gold to fall back on. It's only worked for 5,000 years of mankind's history. Let birch gold work for you. Bannon, 989898, text it right now. Here's
5: your host, Stephen K. Bannon.
3: Welcome back to The War Room. It's always nice when it's a Thursday in The War Room because that means we have Dr. Sebastian Gorka joining us to give us his latest analysis and updates on uh, all things, basically everything. Uh, It's always fun when I get to host on Thursdays because I get to ask him what is on the top of my mind. I know, Dr. Gorka, you want to get in. Uh, to the tragic shooting that happened in maine and the correct response not the left-wing mainstream media talking point uh laden response but before we get into all of that i would just love to get real quick your thoughts we were talking before the break with congressman Matt rosendale uh, about the new speaker your thoughts on what that means you know the mainstream media says maga has taken over the house of representatives that sounds pretty nice to me uh what are your thoughts
2: well, first things first. It's always great to see you uh, on the war room and join you on Thursdays. Except uh, I just found out moments ago, as I was trying to tag you on Truth Social, that <laughs> Natalie Winters isn't on Truth Social. So shame on you. Tisk tisk. The I'm posse sorry. wants you on Truth Social, so <laughs> register. There, are, there are no Natalie Winters on Truth Social. So go now. Um, look. Uh, I, I wasn't surprised by this guy. I recognized his face when I saw it last night because uh, he was really good during the fake impeachment and he has roasted people like Alejandro Mayorkas during some very tough questioning as well. So he's got the right instincts. Some fake conservatives are trying to undermine him with regards to some comments he made the day after the George Floyd death concerning his black adopted son. I, I don't think that's kind of a kill shot to his political career. But at the end of the day. This is a guy. Here's a couple of metrics. Number one, he mentioned God uh, four times in one sentence yesterday. He opened the session with a prayer. Uh, I, look, yeah, God bless him for doing that. Let's have more of that. And then, secondly, as you said, all the right people hate him. He's being lambasted by the Washington Post, The New York Times, CNN, you know, all the people who hate America. So, as we said in the White House, you're only over the target, uh, you know, you only take flack when you're over the target. This guy's being hated by all the right people on the left and by some, you know, quasi-putative conservatives. Now, I had Matt Gates on my show today, and Matt said... This guy isn't like you or me, Seb. He's not a pugilist. He's not a fighter like we are, but he is a good guy. And he said that he has sat next to him on judiciary for six years and he vouches for him. If the guy that got us here and we salute you, Matt Gates, if he says Johnson's a good guy, even if he's not maybe as <clears throat> forward leaning as me, you or Steve would be, uh, that's good enough for me.
3: I always laugh uh, when the mainstream media kept saying, no one knows who this guy is. I was like, I know exactly who this guy is, I like, right? I was like, maybe I consume too much uh, C-SPAN and political content. But they kept saying, America doesn't know who this man is. But no, you're, you're so right. His defense of President Trump and even some of his recent clips from those hearings, I pushed back on Matt Gates saying that he's not a, someone who's so fiery with his rhetoric because he really had an epic takedown of, of Mayorkas. Um but Dr. Gorka, to a more serious note, you really had what I think was a, a wonderful, um, you know, letter kind of op-ed. I believe it was in Breitbart, maybe it was originally on your substack, but it was a letter to my family um, to keep them safe, which had to do, of course, with the main shooting, but also everything that we saw unfold in Israel. Hamas just, I don't even like yeah. the term terrorist attack because it was basically an invasion. I'd love if you could walk the audience through the article, some of your recommendations, but of course, tying it into you know what exactly is going on in Maine. What do we know so far? Um, yeah.
2: Right. So I wrote this piece last week, right after the attacks to my wife and my children. I wrote it originally for AMAC, the amazing people there, Rebecca Weber and her, her AMAC team. And then the great uh, Alex Marlowe picked it up and republished it at Breitbart. It's basically the text of the letter I wrote to my grown children and my wife. Uh, and I've said the following, look, I've done this for almost 30 years now. Counterterrorism is why I was you know, a deputy to the president in the White House. Terrorists want you to be afraid. Don't let them make you afraid, but be wise, be judicious, and have a plan. And I gave a threat analysis for those of us in my family who live and work in in the capital, those of us who live in areas that have less attractive targets for terrorists. But I just gave everybody some advice. I am licensed to carry a weapon in Washington, in Virginia, in Maryland, and elsewhere. I do so every single day. Every single day, I carry a gun. It is loaded. I have told everybody in my family, I don't care where you're living right now, if you feel comfortable doing it, apply for a concealed carry permit. Train, 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 and carry a gun. Even those of us who live in places like Massachusetts or California... There are things you can carry in those places where they don't let you easily carry a gun. Use them. The best, you know, CS spray, the best pepper spray, something like saber defense. Carry it. Likewise, body armor. Body armor today, Kevlar, is very thin and light in comparison to what it was 20, 30 years ago. Put at least one panel in your backpack, in your purse. Make yourself a little bit safer. You don't have to carry around a ceramic-plated body armor vest, but have something that gives you a little bit of a shield if if it's a crazy person in Maine or if it's a jihadi attack. And then lastly, be aware of your surroundings. If you go into a restaurant, if you go into a shopping mall... Be aware of the multiple exits when a bad guy comes into a shop, comes into a restaurant. Most people, when the You know, the effluent hits the fan. What do they do? They run to the exit. They run towards the killer. They run towards the kill box. Every shop, every restaurant has a re-exit. It's where the supplies come in. It's where the kitchen is. Make sure you know all the exits and entrances to everywhere you go. Understand the difference between concealment and cover. Dan Bongino was explaining exactly this on his show today. Concealment hides you. Cover protects you from bullet fire like concrete walls steal structural support members, understand the difference and be aware. Make sure you know your surroundings. Don't be afraid, but have a plan. I have a plan. I'm asking everybody listening to you in the war room, do you have a plan to protect your family? If you don't, read the letter I wrote at breitbart.com and amac.org.
3: It really is a wonderful letter. And, you know, we just, I think a few days ago, had the San Diego field office, of CBB put out a letter saying that they think that what's going on in Israel is going to, of course, lead to more people from Hamas and these other terrorist groups really exploiting, taking advantage of this wide open southern border. So I'm curious to bring this to sort of, you know, you're telling us what we as American citizens, as the Warren Posse can do. But I know you have always been, we would say, a tough critic. Maybe I don't like that word because they're oftentimes deserving of the criticism. uh, But of the House, when it comes to the investigations, of course, they're uh, just disastrous fail that was the uh, impeachment hearing about Joe Biden. Um, But with new leadership, I'm just curious about where your hopefully optimism lies with where some of these committees and these investigations can go, but particularly on the intel front. Um, What do you think we need to do to get to the bottom um, of what happened in Israel, whether it was an intelligence failure, but specifically from the lens of how we make sure whether it was, you know, the Biden, DOJ, the FBI, these agencies being distracted by wokeness and climate change and all those fancy things, or if you think we just missed it or what exactly you think was going on there, what are sort of the next steps that you would recommend?
2: We have been told for three years now that the primary threat to America is MAGA hat wearing white extremists. The chairman of the Joint Chiefs has been lecturing us on CRT and white rage, well, nobody should be surprised that the richest nation in the world with 17 intelligence agencies couldn't predict the biggest terror attack in the Middle East since the end of World War II and the Holocaust. So no, you know this won't be fixed by congressional hearings. We have to do our part, God willing. We have to get President Trump back in the White House. We have to have real MAGA appointees, not traitors like Mark Milley, like John Kelly. Uh, we need people who care about America, who believe in America first at the DOJ, at the CIA, at the FBI, and then dismantle the FBI, give its missions over to other agencies. Uh, until then, let's have some action on the floor of, of Congress. Uh, I want to see, look, Hunter Biden's not the issue, but he should be subpoenaed because he's the, the channel. He's the drug-addled channel through which tens of millions of dollars were funneled into the Biden cartel. And on top of that, you know, um, why, why hasn't Obama been subpoenaed? The, the deep state, it, you know, Biden is a nasty piece of work. He's a thug. He's a senile thug, but he's a thug. But Operation Crossfire Hurricane starts when Obama is president. The spying on a presidential campaign, the targeting of General Flynn begins with what? Obama telling the CIA, the FBI, and the NSA that they can do a tri-agency intelligence operation against the Trump campaign. So why don't we subpoena Obama? Let's start with that, Speaker Johnson.
3: I'd throw in uh, Eric Schwerin too. I know you and I have always seen eye to eye on that one. Dr. Gorka, thank you so much for joining us. If people want to uh, stay up to date with everything you're working on, find you. I know you're on more social media platforms than I am. I'm a bit of a Luddite. I know you don't believe me, but I actually am. Um, But where can people go to find that? And more importantly, if they want to read that article, where should they go to go so they can make their own plans?
2: I don't think somebody who's twenty three or twenty two can be 22. a luddite, so twenty two. <laughs> okay, twenty two. <laughs> That's an oxymoron, okay? You kind of a 22-year-old Luddite. So get your act together, young woman. Uh, in the meantime, follow me everywhere. Seb Gorka, Sebastian Gorka. Uh, the show America First is on Rumble. It's on the Salem Network. Uh, and the Substack uh, with my article is Sebastian Gorka. My whole name is one word, Sebastian sebastiangorka.substack.com. And uh, thanks to Alex Marlowe, the whole article, the letter to my family was reprinted at uh, breitbart.com. And you can also find it at Amax. So so just look for my name, let it to my family, and you'll find it.
3: Thank you so much, Dr. Gorka. And I'm, I'm pretty sure my whole existence is a oxymoronic as a 22-year-old girl <laughs> from California who happens to be conservative and <laughs> works for Steve Bannon. And, you know, and
2: and a 22-year-old expert on Wuhan. That's pretty unusual, too.
3: There you go. And I, and I don't even speak Chinese. So how's that? Dr. Gorka, thank you so much for joining us.
2: <laughs> God bless. Thank you, Natalie. Born
3: posse of course stick with us in the meantime and go to birchgold.com slash bannon to make your own plans for of course your financial future that and if you want to wear kevlar bodysuit i'm sure birchgold is probably the uh, equivalent of kevlar for your wallet for your financials for your family like i said birchgold.com slash bannon templates installed at the end of the dollar empire we've got a wild border story coming up after the break so hang with us with us you won't want to miss this one
1: You should choose an air purifier like your life depends on it, because it just might. More than 35,000 wildfires have devastated the U.S. this year. The toxins and particles in wildfire smoke can penetrate our lungs and threaten our health. That's why EnviroCleanse developed military-grade air purification for your home. And they just announced their biggest sale of the year. Save a massive 30% off during their Labor Day sale. code Steve. Take action. Use your agency. Do it today. Get the benefits of the sale.
0: Here's your host,
5: Stephen K.
3: Welcome back to the war room. You guys know a lot of my early investigative reporting had to do with, uh, I would say, the biological weapon of mass destruction that was COVID-19 coming out of the Chinese Communist Party's Wuhan lab. But I think we're also seeing right now immigration really be used as sort of a weapon of mass migration, dare I say. And there's been a lot of reporting to confirm that. But specifically uh, with the onset of everything that's going on in Israel when Hamas... I don't like to use the term terrorist attack, invaded and acted like the uh, brutal barbarians that they are. We've, of course, seen an increase arise in the national security risk that that poses here in the United States. And someone who has been doing a wonderful job, I think is new to the show, of chronicling that as a great investigative reporter at The Daily Caller jenny tear who has just a mind-blowing exclusive as well as some other great reporting that we have time to get into Uh, but i'll just read the headline and and let you rip because i don't think the audience will believe it but exclusive border authorities are counting palestinian migrants as other nationalities can you walk us through the policies the protocols that have sort of led to this and of course the evident
6: national security risk that this poses yeah exactly i you know, discovered this after we had obtained a memo that was sent internally to border authorities uh, that are patrolling the southern border. And what that memo warned was, uh, because of the situation happening in the Middle East right now, that there may be Hamas, Palestinian Islamic Jihad, and Hezbollah terrorists crossing the southern border, and to look for certain signs in case you encounter them as federal authorities, that was really alarming and led me to look into the fact that, you know, how many Palestinians are coming across the border? Do we know? Uh, The answer is, after all of this, we really don't because like you showed, our story is that they don't count them as Palestinian. You know, the U.S. obviously does not recognize Palestine as a country. um, And when border authorities have to process migrants, they take them in and they select a country of origin. It's not on that list. Uh, so a lot of times they uh, actually put Israel. Um, so you have numbers saying there's all these Israelis possibly crossing, but it really uh, may be Palestinians for some of those.
3: And I know a lot of your stories have focused on, on just the monumental, the the unprecedented surge of people of all countries um, crossing in, into the United States. And, you know, there's obviously been a lot of talk about the, the idea of sleeper cells or the fact that a lot of these people are already here, right? It's not even just the day that Hamas invaded that they all started coming here. I'm just curious in your reporting um, if you have any indication, not even necessarily from a numeric perspective, but just if officials already think that that national security risk may already be within the United States. It's not even if they're going to cross and how we classify them, they may already be here.
6: Right, well, it's always what what we know versus what we don't know. And we know that there has been a surge in people who have been apprehended at the Southern border who are on the terror watch list that have come illegally. Um, in fiscal year 2019, for example, there were zero apprehensions of such individuals. And then it shot up to um, roughly like over t- nearly 200. Um, this fiscal year. And so you have this surge that is just beyond anything we've ever seen. And of course, you probably have talked about this before, but these godaways people who cross the southern border that don't get apprehended because federal authorities are overwhelmed by the current surge that's at a historic level. We've hit 2 million encounters this year. We hit that last year, which was the highest year on record. Um, and we're continuing to see that surge and it's nonstop Despite what the Biden administration says, which is they have control over the situation and that they have these successful programs that let people come in legally. Um, I've seen a lot of migrants that have given up on those programs, even some that have taken that. Um, So you still see them crossing in droves illegally. And you obviously have that national security risk as an element of that.
3: And of course, the national security risk doesn't just come from, you know, Gaza, Palestine, the West Bank, which none of those are listed, right? Like, as you said, it's all categorized as Israel. But of course, you know, here in the war room, the Chinese Communist Party, we view as probably our greatest existential threat. Um, And you would also, I think, just recently put up a story showing that border crossings by illegal border crossings by Chinese nationals are up, what is it, 1100 percent? That's just a staggering figure. I'm curious if you could sort of walk us through those numbers, what time frame you're exactly talking about here. Because like I said, I think the war room, the war room posse may have a hard time believing those figures, although actually under, under this president, maybe not. Um, but it, the, the numbers, they don't lie. They're, they're
6: just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. So we went from about a thousand in fiscal year 2022, and then that jumped to about 24,000 this year. um, That's something that we just have never seen, just like every other category that's happening right now, like we talked about with the terror database, um, those on the terror watch list. So this surge is manifesting with Chinese who are coming across illegally. We've seen them traverse different areas of the globe to get here. You know, obviously, it's a long journey, um, I've talked to China expert Gordon Chang about this, who's raised concerns about the possible nefarious elements of this surge. You know, not only is there um, some issue with young people being able to have opportunities in China due to the repression of the Communist Party. But there's also that element of, you know, is the Communist Party using some of their operatives to exploit the southern border, and then to come into the US and possibly threaten our national security. And that's a huge question when you have about 24,000 of them that you know of that have uh, come across that border. Probably
3: unrestricted warfare at its finest, I'm sure. Uh, Sun Tzu would be proud of that strategy. Jenny, before we let you go, I'm just curious. I know you've been covering, you know, I believe you're an immigration-focused investigative reporter at The Daily Caller. I think you used to work under Sarah Carter. So you've been covering the border for a while. You've seen a lot of this stuff firsthand. You know, Obviously, we have a new speaker sworn in, and we hope that means that you know, Congress, the House will focus more on immigration on our open border, the national security risk and threat that that poses if it's not already here among us. Um, But in terms of, you know, you don't have to go on a scale one to 10, though we do like numbers here in the war room. uh, But how unprecedented right now is the level of, uh, I would say, the level of exposure um, that the policies enacted by this White House have left Americans Um, As a result of having this open border amidst the global chaos that we see unfolding?
6: Yeah, one of the biggest manifestations of this is the policies that the Biden administration has enacted within Immigration and Customs Enforcement, which is the body of uh, DHS that manages um, the entire interior of the country when it comes to illegal immigration as a law enforcement agency. Uh, Right now, the Biden administration is severely restricting its ability to be able to make arrests and deportations. It's enacted a set of priorities that, in, that make those limits uh, happen. And so I hear from a lot of ICE uh, officials that this is really letting a lot of criminal aliens go into the country and continue to commit crimes uh, that we're aware of. Um, And so they're very concerned about this. One of the biggest of those is DUIs. A lot of them are going free because in some cases that just doesn't fit the priorities for those arrests and deportations. Very alarming.
3: Jenny, thank you so much for joining us. I'm sure the audience is going to want to follow you. Stay up to date with all all the uh, articles you're working on. If
6: people want to follow you, support you, read your work, where can they go to do all that? Yeah, you can follow me, Jenny S. Tehr, on uh, Twitter. Thank you.
3: Awesome. She is a must-follow, always ahead of the curve on immigration issues. Jenny, thank you so much for joining us.
6: Thank you. I don't know about
3: you guys, but uh, the correlation, I think, between these massive influxes of illegal immigrants, and I think illegal immigrant is, is too nice a term because in some cases, I know Steve's like Steve likes to call them visigoths, but they're invaders, and when you see all the uh, you know train derailments and the food plants catching on fire, stuff that— Certainly never happened under Donald Trump when we had a secure border, but when you have Chinese Communist Party operatives, Hamas operatives, operatives from who knows what country that hates the United States flooding in, pouring in, really makes you think. I know correlation doesn't equal causation, and there are no conspiracies and no coincidences here in the war room, but uh, just putting that out there. And someone who I'm sure has been accused time and time again. Uh, by the mainstream media of spreading these conspiracy theories and coincidences i'm sure is of course a good friend of the show dr naomi wolf who i believe we sort of got into the story last time i was hosting but it's still very salient because it shows i think the uh, nefarious malintent uh of those in the white house when it comes to our personal health our bodies specifically on the issue of of covid vaccines um so i'll keep you through the break but if you could maybe tee us up the story a little bit, get us into what exactly the FOIA docs that you guys received, um, but more importantly, what they really show uh, in terms of what the Biden regime lied to us about.
5: Yeah, so when we last spoke, Natalie, um, I was updating the Posse and you about these FOIAs that Ed Berkovich, our lawyer at the War Room Daily Cloud uh, Pfizer Documents Analysis team FOIA'd, and what we saw in the foyers in two tranches was at the highest levels, the White House communications team convening, driving a kind of all hands on deck freakout with Dr. Fauci, Dr. Walensky, Dr. Collins to, to lie to the American people about massive evidence that they'd been confronted with related to clotting, thrombotic thrombocytopenia and myocarditis. Um, The next tranche that we highlighted showed actually really interestingly, Rachel Levine, the uh, the physician as the boss. I mean, she she's not treated as the boss of the whole enterprise in the media, but she seemed to be kind of more senior than Dr. Walensky, kind of really driving the train um, in Disregarding uh, warning from the American Association of Pediatricians that myocarditis in teens didn't resolve, it wasn't mild, it takes a whole medical team and a whole family to manage it. Um, And what you saw in those emails was a cover up uh, strategizing how to lie to the American people about the danger to teenagers before a gigantic push to inject teenagers. And there's a template for POTUS, meaning the intel that emerges from their discussion is supposed to be surfaced to POTUS, President of the United States. That's where we were at when I last spoke to you. Since then, there's been like a a twist in this story that is virtually unimaginable, um, which is that multiple independent labs, very credible ones, including Dr. Burke Houts in South Carolina, who testified to the South Carolina legislature, and um, Kevin McKernan, who's a friend of of ours, and I went to his lab nearby in Marlborough, Massachusetts, I'm sorry, in Beverly, Massachusetts, called Medicinal Genomics. Independent uh, clinicians have found um, adulterants contamination in both Pfizer and Moderna injections, um, and they're very concerning Mm adulterants. They're uh, fragments of DNA. Uh, plasmids that are cultivated in E. coli, which you all know is in feces, for example. And that's in these injections in such a way that they can enter the, the nucleus and cause, you know, unknown damage there. But to me, as alarmingly is SV40. It has been identified in the injections. And this is a, you know, I looked it up (laughs) <laughs> right before this, uh, in in addition to the research we've already seen and. It's you know NIH classifies it as a carcinogen.
3: Um,
5: it's and it's Dr. Most- Wolf,
3: we got it. We got to jump to break. Sorry, sorry to, to interrupt you there because sure the audience wishes we could blow the break, but I unfortunately uh, don't have that authority. It's above my pay grade. But you will stick with us through the break. I hope, and we can get into that uh, and uh, maybe the emoji use in some of these emails because that's equally concerning and weird to me. These people's flippant tone. We'll be right back after the break with Dr. Naomi Wolf.
1: will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. You'll be glad you have the Jace case. Go to Jace Medical. That's one word, J A-S E Medical.com and enter code Bannon at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code Bannon at Jace. J-A-S E Medical.com. You know what the problem is because you've watched the show. You can break, you can take action and break that problem. By going to Jace Medical and get your Jace case today. Action, action, action.
0: Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon.
3: Welcome back to the War Room. It's still Natalie Winters, but don't worry, Stephen K. Bannon will be back for the 6 p.m. hour. But in the meantime, Dr. Wolf, if what I am, if I'm hearing you correctly, you know, I was always under the impression that, you know, your work and what you would work to or, or help to expose with the COVID vaccines was assuming that they were working as intended, right, nefarious or otherwise. But now, if, I, if I'm hearing you correctly, uh, that they're not even necessarily working as intended. In other words, there are other, you know, whatever they are, viruses, pathogens, things that are affecting humans, the nucleus of your cell, contain unintentionally or maybe intentionally um, in these vaccines? Am I am I hearing you right? And you can sort of pick up where you left off on the uh, carcinogen aspect of all these wonderful Thank substances.
5: You. Yeah. Well, Natalie, I'm afraid it's much worse than that. I mean, we reported um, a few months ago that the vaccines have never worked as intended, that Pfizer knew in November of 2020 that they didn't work to stop COVID. But unfortunately, this is much more serious than even like something that's inadvertently gone wrong. Um, the story gets worse. Uh, it, this was intentional and they've put a carcinogen in the injections. I hate to be the bearer of this bad news. NIH um, uh, published a a, a a piece, a, a peer-reviewed paper, emergent human pathogen, simian virus 40, and its role in cancer. Virus, simian virus 40, SV40, which has been independently found in these injections by these multiple uh, scientists, is a known oncogenic, which means cancer-causing DNA virus, which induces primary brain and bone cancers, malignant mesothelioma, and lymphomas in laboratory animals. And it's defined by OSHA as a carcinogen. So let me take a breath and tell you how we know that this was deliberate. Also, Health Canada, which is their CDC, uh, came forward and confirmed that there are these adulterants, these contaminants in the injections. And they said they didn't know that the manufacturers had not disclosed it. They were fooled, right? They're throwing the manufacturers under the bus. The FDA has been confronted with this and gave a non-denial denial, denial, basically. But our team, the War Room Daily Cloud volunteers, building on work by other researchers, found that there were... um, the the emergency use authorization was given for a set of ingredients that was called process one. At Toward the very end of the production process, right before it was rolled out into people's arms, Pfizer substituted process two, which is this contaminated, adulterated formula full of carcinogens and other problematic materials. In their trials, 200 plus people were injected with the adulterated version and they had 2.4 times the adverse events as the ones uh, injected with the unadulterated version. Um, And then it was process two without the EUA that was rolled out and put in people's arms. This seems unbelievable, but it really happened. So what we have to understand is that this changes everything. A, I'm sure you're aware of turbo cancers, which wasn't even a word five years ago. Um, people are having horrific cancers that are baffling oncologists that uh, you know, go from someone perfectly healthy to someone dead from cancer in four months. They've never seen anything like it. Um, and people like Ryan Cole uh, are raising this specter and our own Chris Flowers, Dr. Flowers, who's an oncologist are raising the specter that these injections, these contaminated injections could have a role in what we're seeing. Um, But also it changes everything because as Dr. Malone said at a conference where we all were um, last weekend, the regulatory reality is transformed by this because the FDA's whole mission is to keep adulterated, contaminated. Adulterated means that things are mixed in that are not disclosed. And that's exactly what's happened here. No one was told they were getting DNA fragments and plasmids grown in E. coli and a carcinogen called SV40 in their Pfizer or Moderna injection. But that's what happened. So in a regulatory and legal sense, the fact that all these injections had contaminants sneaked into them intentionally, right, um, means that the PrEP Act should be obsolete. They should be pulled off the market, of course, immediately. Uh, the whole mission, again, of the FDA is to stop adulterants from getting in our food and drugs. Um and I guess the last thing I would say is that there's a lot of important work being done right now, showing how we know that Pfizer intentionally allowed this to be distributed with these devastating adulterants and contaminants. Um, Moderna too, but we don't have the information about how they did it. We have the information of how Pfizer did it, and it's it's a bunch of ways. Um, Amy Kelly, the amazing Amy Kelly, just posted a piece showing that the FDA allowed Pfizer to redact um, hundreds of pages of its manufacturing process. Of course, everyone's asking, let's see the manufacturing process. How did this happen? Pfizer redacted it in the tranches of documents that they're releasing now. It's just redacted, and they're using the B4 loophole to justify their redaction. That's for trade secrets, but it's supposed to be used in an incredibly limited way. But using this supposed to be tiny carve-out of a FOIA, they're redacting everything from the manufacturing process to how quality control is maintained to how purification is maintained, uh, how adulterants are kept out. The FDA allowed them to blank all of that out. And the other thing we know is that we've done a search of SV40, um, of all the documents using our tool that searches digitally. And Pfizer never disclosed that there was SV40 to the FDA. So those are two ways yeah. we know that certainly Pfizer and it looks like the FDA knew that there were these uh, contaminants. Of, it, of course well they knew. The and Dr. Wolf,
3: did. we got we to jump because, of poor, I wish, like I said, I wish I could keep it. We'll do an hour long show with us. But Warren wants to follow you, stay up to date with where the story goes real quick. Where can they go to do all that?
5: Go to dailyclout.io. You can see the latest reports there. You can order the book on Amazon, the Pfizer book, and my own book tells the story of the war room. Daily Cloud volunteers my new book called Facing the Beast right there on the upper right.
3: A must read. Dr. Wolf, thank you so much for joining us. I'm sure we'll have you back on soon.
5: Thank you, Natalie.
3: And Warren Posse, I know you're probably going to have a hard time sleeping after that story, which is why you guys have got to go. To mypillow.com, you guys know the promo code by now, but you gotta use promo code warroom to get the Giza dream sheets, not to be confused with the Gaza dream sheets. Giza dream sheets, best sheets ever, per Mike Lindell. And well, has he ever lied to you guys? I think so which is why i said you gotta use promo code it's war room so to support started. the man who supports you mike lindell warren posse thank you so much for hanging with me see will be back from the 6 p.m hour so head over there now and grace chong is on temple tonight
1: so tune- folks let me tell you about salty it's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart while covid gets all the headlines it's important to realize